You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. And today, for most of the show, we are going to be talking to a Viking. Vikings cornerback Dylan Mabin took some time to stop by and tell us his story. So it's going to be his story time series, kind of similar to what we did with Evan Kazarzik uh, a few weeks ago. And we're going to talk to him about everything, life, football, and everything in between. So uh, that will be most of the show. But first, I want to touch on something that happened last week that I didn't get a chance to chat about, or maybe even last weekend. Uh, Kevin Williams will be inducted into the Ring of Honor for the Vikings. I don't talk about Vikings history a lot, uh, even though it can be kind of fun sometimes, but Kevin Williams being added to the Ring of Honor has been kind of a big event that they've uh, announced here. And Kevin Williams as a career, I think will always, I mean, every defensive tackle will always stay a little underrated because a lot of what they do is just not like statistically charted. Um, And of course, you know, we kind of understand a little bit better than we did even, you know, 20 years ago when Kevin Williams was, uh, well, he was a 2003 draft pick, but, uh, you know, 15 years ago, you know, when he was like in his prime, you could still tell and, you know, he would still get sacks and stuff at a a rate you wouldn't really expect for defensive tackles. But of course, he was this incredible player. Um, And so I loved seeing him get that kind of recognition. Of course, you have to have Hall of Fame conversations. But for me, Hall of Fame conversations get a little bit weird to me because they always end up kind of devolving into accolades and stats and stuff. And when you talk about positions that should be in the Hall of Fame, I don't think there are positions that like shouldn't. I mean, I even think Ray Guy should be in the Hall of Fame if you're the best thing at what you do, right? To put, you know, Devin Hester in. But because we just don't have a great measuring stick for like defensive tackles, there's no like gaps plugged over expectation or blocks deconstructed uh, over average metric. All we really ever see in those is like sacks and tackles, maybe tackles for loss if someone wants to get fancy. But it all just kind of feels like people talking about a player without describing that player. Uh, And so I kind of find myself bowing out of those conversations. In terms of Kevin Williams, though, I do think he's good enough to justify a Hall of Fame. Like if he got a Hall of Fame spot, I don't think it would be like, wow, what a travesty. But there's such a logjam. I don't think I'd expect it. And I think that's okay. I I would much rather have the Hall of Fame be more exclusive than it should be. Um, than less exclusive than it should be. But look, the Ring of Honor is meant for people who kind of defined eras of the Vikings. And I think those years, those Brad Childress era, you know, the 2005, 2006, 2007 kind of Vikings were fairly forgettable Vikings teams. But Kevin Williams was a huge part of what defined those, you know, 2006 Vikings. You don't remember anything about them, maybe, except that they had the number one run defense that year. And that was Kevin and Pat Williams. So absolutely thrilled to see him in the ring of honor. Great dude. And it'll make for a a pretty kick-ass halftime ceremony for one of the games in 2021. So uh, now I'm going to talk to you about BetOnline a little earlier than we usually talk about BetOnline because the Dylan Maven interview is long, so bear with me. But hey, the Clippers are up against it, against the Phoenix Suns. They're down 3-1 to as of this recording. If you think they can come back or if you think they won't, either way, you can bet on that on BetOnline.ag or anything going on. You can bet on where you think the Vikings will end up in the NFC North. You can bet the Vikings over 
over under eight and a half wins you can bet in, if, on the Vikings to win the division or anybody else to win the division or any division. You can bet on all of that and way, way, way more MVP odds. First head coach fired NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, WNBA, award shows, reality TV, all of that stuff, all at betonline.ag. It's a one-stop shop, so head on over to betonline.ag. If you don't have an account, that's fine. You can set one up for free, and then when you make your first deposit, enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if your first deposit is, say, a 1000 bucks, you actually would have 1500 bucks to gramble with, courtesy of betonline.ag. All you gotta do is enter the promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. All right, everybody, really excited to have a special guest, Dylan Maben here, Vikings cornerback, going to go to camp in the summer. We get a chance to kind of sit back and chat a little bit uh, about your version of the Storytime series. So the Storytime series is something that we've been doing on this show, um, basically telling the stories of everybody on the Vikings. uh, And it's your turn. I figured, what if he could just come tell it himself? So... uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for uh, coming on. And I want to start at the very beginning because every NFL player has the moment, which is the first time they ever picked up a football, whether they're six or 16 or 26 or whatever. Uh, when did you first get into the sport? Shoot. I first got in the sport, um, you know, as young as I can remember. Uh, I was born into, I guess, a football family. Uh, my brother okay. played, my dad played, uncles, cousins. I've had, I've been around the game my whole life. Um, I first got into organized football when I was about seven okay. and it's, it's funny. I remember the f- they had me at running back then. And it was like the mm. very first play I ever got in, I got tackled. I just started crying. Like I didn't know, <laughs> I, I just didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Like it didn't even hurt, but I just started crying and sure you were seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> came to the sideline. My brother's like, are you actually hurt? I was like, nah. He's like, all right, then get back in there. I was like, all right. And from that point on, I just fell in love with the game for uh Where'd your dad play? Uh, he played at Louisville for the Cardinals. Okay, cool. So a- another moment that every uh, NFL player has is the moment where they realize that this could be more than just like an extracurricular activity and, oh, I might have a future in this. So when did that kind of dawn on you? Shoot, for me, it was kind of, it was kind of later. Uh, than most I guess that get to this level because I I, my brother actually played in the NFL he played for a couple teams so I've I've been around the NFL for a long time you know my cousin played one of my other cousins played so I've been around it for a while and I guess growing up I was kind of underdeveloped like I didn't really peak until later in uh, high school so I didn't really get recruited that hard which is why I ended up at a smaller school and you know, some sometimes there was some self doubt where I'm like, man, you know, yeah. I can't even I can't even think about the NFL right now. I got to worry about getting the getting on starting on my high school team, let alone getting to college in the NFL. So I guess I really didn't get that that first. Hey, maybe I can make it to the league until I got to college. I remember mm-hmm. one of my one of my D, my DB coach. He uh, he like pulled me to the side and kind of just told me like, hey, like I put several players in the league before, and I think you can be the next one. And at that moment, I was like, wow, I guess I never really like thought about it. And that's kind of when it clicked in my mind. Yeah. And I, I feel like that has to change like the way you approach things when you realize that like, oh, like I can make it to the league. Like if I really like go for it, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, at that point, that was probably my sophomore year in uh, okay. in college because my freshman year I got there and, you know, I was just trying to 
get on the field any way I can, but I wasn't really putting in like a lot of extra work or I wasn't doing this and that. And once I kind of had that talk, I kind of, that's when I was like, okay, like I need to live, breathe, eat football. You know, I need to dedicate myself fully. You know, I'm only really going to have one shot at this. So I might as well just give it everything I have and dedicate all my time to it. Hell yeah. So you said when you were a kid, you played running back, but you're obviously not a running back now. So when did you uh, make that move? When did you start to learn like corner D back? Uh, I played, I, I grew up primarily playing a uh, wide receiver and then oh. I played like free, I played free safety, you know, just kind of back there, just ranging over stuff. And I really didn't, I didn't even play corner in high school. Um, we had a few injuries, so I had to play safety and kind of in the box, mm-hmm. but when I would go to college camps and whatnot, I would uh, I would play corner just because that's what I knew I kind of wanted to play in college. So I really didn't play corner until I got to actual college. So I'm still relatively, you know, kind of raw. Gotcha. And, and when you were like trying to get, you know, a scholarship to college for, for football, why did it end up being football? Why not? I mean, did you play any other sports as a kid or was it always only football? Uh, I grew up playing you know, baseball, basketball, football. Uh, I ran track since I was in middle school. And I guess when it got to high school, I kind of had a talk with my with my parent, with my dad, and I had a talk with my coaches. And we were just kind of like, all right, what's the most likely path to getting to college? And at mm-hmm. that point, it wasn't really basketball or baseball. It was really football or track. So I was like, all right, I'm going to focus on those two. But it's really hard to get a track scholarship unless you're like, you got to be the fastest of the fast and i'm pretty fast but i'm not that fast so at that point i was like all right i'm probably gonna i can control my destiny a little more with football so that's why i decided that got you and was there anything about fordham specifically because i i know it seemed like you got some interest from some other schools that wasn't just fordham um they uh i will say one thing i loved about fordham is they were they were there early they were um I, i saw them at one of the college camps i went to before my senior year because I actually didn't really, I didn't really um, play until my senior year. I didn't really have any junior year film or nothing. Gotcha. So I would try to talk to a lot of schools, and they were like, "Nah, like you don't have this and that." And yeah. I was like, "Oh well." So then I would go to these camps, and I think Fordham was probably my second or third offer. And you know, I I, I ended up you know visiting and and loved it. And, talking to the coaches that were there joe moorhead was the coach uh that recruited me and loved him and loved what they were doing so i uh i bought in very nice so let's talk a little bit about your your time at fordham um did you start right away as a d-back or did it take a while no i i got well i got there i was uh i was the, i was the backup so i, I grinded through camp you know did sure. all that you know fought got to be the backup very first game like I'm, I'm, I'm not even 18 yet. Cause I'm on the mm-hmm. younger side. So the very first game, um, our starting corner gets hurt at like halftime. So they just kind of threw me out there and I came in and I actually played, you know, relatively good. I had a couple breakups and whatnot. And so at that point I was like, Oh, I'm about to be the starter. Like I came in and I balled out. I'm about to be the starter, but nah, I was, I didn't, uh, I didn't start until probably like the eighth game of that year. And then from that point on, I started, you know, the rest of my college career. But I really didn't get the first chance until, you know, almost all the way through my freshman year. And, and you kick return, too, for Fordham, right? Right. right. How'd that come about? 
Shoot, we just I just remember we were in meetings. I mean I returned kicks in high school, but okay. I didn't I didn't really do it in college until my junior year. I just remember because our previous kick returner, Jahab Pretlow, he had graduated. So we had a special teams meeting. Our coach was saying, Hey, if you think you can return kicks, stand up. I was like, huh, I'm gonna stand up. He said, All right, all you come come to the uh this end of the practice field and we'll, you know, test you out. And how, how many I people stood I, up? Oh, it was probably more people than that should have stood up. You know, <laughs> there was a couple couple frauds in there. I won't name any names. They know who they <laughs> are. But but nah, but nah, they uh it was uh it was interesting. I was uh I was glad to be given the opportunity because I love I love kick return. It's one of the most yeah. exciting plays in football in my mind. Would you stand up now if you got a chance to go try out for it in, in camp this year? Oh oh always. Always. Anytime anytime I think I can get my hand on the ball, I'm a hey, I'm I'm for it. There you go. You gotta get in on like some weird like offensive orbit motion. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I hey, man, we got some we got some athletes, you know. I, I yeah. hope I one day I can I can find a package like Dion did. Oh yeah, there you go. I want that to come <laughs> back in the league, like that two way thing. Right. <laughs> like let's just it, do it, like it, high might. Teams. it might. The way people are playing these days, it might. Who knows? All right, I got a bunch more questions for Dylan, so we're going to keep talking about this. But first, let's talk about the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. It's Built Bar. Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. comes in delicious flavors, chocolate raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And they've got a bunch of specialty flavors that come in and out as well. So keep an eye on the website, and you might get something that's like a limited-time deal. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com. Get yourself a box if you want to try that. It's low-sugar, low-calorie, low-carb, high in protein, high in fiber, and it is delicious to boot. So Head on over to BuiltBar.com, enter promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word for 15% off of your order. That's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. I also want to talk to you about your car. If you hear a weird noise, you feel a funky feeling or something, you smell a weird smell, you might want to get that checked out because problems in your car, you know, the more you let them go, the worse they get, the more expensive they get. But if you're in a bad situation, you got to get your car fixed. Why don't you check out rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is a car part aggregator that helps you kind of skip the middleman and get car parts at a much lower price. Rock Auto has been doing this for years and years. They're a family company and they know how to look out for you. Just go to their catalog at rockauto.com, enter your make, your year, and your model, search for the part that you want, and you might be able to get the exact same part from the exact same manufacturer even, just different name on the box, and you can get that part for a much reduced price than what you would get charged at, say, a brick-and-mortar auto parts store. That's at rockauto.com. And at checkout, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. Because if you don't, the bunny's list of demands will never be met, and the mayor will never be released from captivity. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, we're back. We're here with Vikings cornerback Dylan Maben, just talking about football, talking about life a little bit. So I'm going to steal something from another show, a show called Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. They do it over at the NFL Network, and they have three H's that they ask players all the time, and I like it. So I'm going to steal it shamelessly. Uh, and the first one of those H's is a highlight that you are proud of. Uh, can be Fordham, can be Raiders, can be last year, whatever. One highlight I'm proud of, I remember my rookie year, we were in training camp. That's when I was with the Oakland Raiders. They were still in Oakland. Yeah. We were having joint practices with the Rams, and I was uh, I, I finally got my time to get in there. And one of the first plays I got in there, we had a – a special coverage where I kind of got to play like a safety position and I got to like range over and I like remember an invert kind of, yeah, it was a, it was a cover six invert. So okay. I, I got to, I got to be over top 
and they ran like all go verticals. And I think Blake Bortles was the quarterback and he tried to look me off, but I, I saw it and I read it and I went over and uh, intercepted it. It was my first like pick since I was with them. And we, we had a rule where we, if you intercepted it, you had to take it back all the way, no matter what. So I cribbed it like 90 <laughs> yards and like, I had like teammates from the sideline, like running with me and it, that, that'll always stick with me. That's probably my, one of my favorite highlights ever. That is awesome. So the second H is a hero. A hero. Oh, it might be cliche, but probably my uh, my older brother, uh, Jordan. He's he's always been a role model for me ever since I was ever since I was young, and he kind of laid the blueprint of how to do things and how to get to where I wanted to get to. And I just remember seeing him. You know, he he's like ten years older than me, so. I was like the ball boy when he was in high school and I just remember seeing him running touchdowns and everybody was cheering his name. And I was like, man, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to be like that one day. So I just followed and, you know, he taught me many lessons and taught me many things. And he's always been somebody I looked up to. That's awesome. Uh, and the third H is a hardship can be anything from a, a, a bad play to something family, something in personal life or whatever you want to say. Um, a hardship probably, Again, my rookie year, um, I, I'm undrafted, so I'm trying to yeah. make the team. It's all, it's already an uphill battle. Um, and like I was just talking about the joint practices, um, I think the practice after that, I kind of was running and I kind of slipped. And I felt something like kind of pool in my groin, you know, abdominal area. But I was like, uh, it's probably just a strain or something. And it, it just consistently got worse until it got to the point where I couldn't really run and it turned out I had like a sports hernia oh. and it was it was awful but it was it's one of those things where you can kind of push through it like you're never going to be 100% but it's not like you're going to be like 50 so I was always like 70% to the point where I could still compete and run but I couldn't really you know be myself and I just dealt with that for that whole year because I was like, I'm trying to make the team. So I didn't really tell anybody mm -hmm. that I had it. I just kind of told them it was sore. But I didn't tell them until the end of the year. And they're like, man, you know, you have a whole sports training. So I had to go and get surgery and had a couple month recovery. And that was probably one of the, at least football wise, I haven't had too many injuries that were serious. And that was probably my, my worst one. And it, it really taught me to, you know, just be patient with yourself and how to overcome things like that. Yeah, because it's like you're going to slow down a little bit and you kind of have to learn to like accept that almost and be like, this oh, yeah. isn't like not like beat yourself up too bad over it. Oh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, especially when you're just used to being Superman and then, mm -hmm. you know, you got to call your mom and be like, hey, like, can you bring me a glass of water? Can you bring me some food, please. I can't. I'm in pain. I can't move. So it's definitely a little hard and it does teach you how to slow down, though. Yeah, it's like it's a, a little bit. I feel like with a lot of people with like football, because you play, especially when you play when you're seven, it's like when you kind of grow up through football, there's always something that's part of growing up with football. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I want to talk to you about your uh, draft day experience, though. Um, what were your expectations going in? Did you think you could get drafted or did you kind of know or? Um, I had, you know, a small there was a small part of me that was like, hey, if you know, late, late rounds, somebody might take a chance. I wasn't, you know, banking on it or holding out hope. I knew eventually I was going to be able to get my chance. So I didn't really have too many expectations when it came to the, the actual draft. So I was really just, you know, waiting. 
And then, so you did get the chance with the Raiders, right? And you did that whole camp and all that. Um, spent a lot of time on the on the scout team, right? Mm. And as far as I can tell, your first live game came the next year, came in 2020 against Tampa. So I want to talk to you about right. like getting the news that you were going to get elevated to the roster, get in the game. It was, uh, I remember it was that literally the first practice of the week on Wednesday. Um, I already knew we had some people down just from being, you know, injured or whatnot. So I was always like the couple weeks leading up, I was like, maybe I'm gonna get my chance this week. And then it didn't happen. And I'm like, all right, maybe this week it didn't happen. But then uh, I think one of our safeties got caught up in the COVID protocols. Mm. So when I walked in and I saw my name on the depth chart, I was like, why is my name on the depth chart? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's like, how you found out? They didn't even like yeah, tell like, you. I, they were just you're just on a list. No, nah, they really <laughs> didn't tell me. They they were just like, oh, I looked on the depth chart. I was like, oh my, my name's normally out there, but you know, it might be a mistake, might not. You know, I'm gonna just continue to prepare like I normally do. And then we got into like one of our our special teams meetings, and our uh, our special teams coach at the time, Rich Versace, he was just going over the uh, the game plan. He's like, Maven. And I'm like, yeah, what's going on, coach? He's like, you might be in there, so pay attention. I was like, oh, might be in there. So then from that point on, I kind of just thought, like, on one hand, I don't want to get too too happy because, you know, things change so fast and mm -hmm. they say I'm up and then I'm not. But, you know, there's at that point, there's really no taking away the expectation. You know, I, I had it in my head. I'm like, I really want to play this week. And then I really didn't get confirmation until that, like, Saturday before the game. And that's when I that's when I officially knew, like, all right, I'm dressing. Like, it's my time. And you got in, you got on the field, you got in special teams? Yeah, I was on a kick return and I think kickoff. Very nice. So uh, later in that season comes the actual move to Minnesota. So tell me how that went down. How did you end up moving from practice squad? Did they call you, say, we want to put you under 53? Uh, I just remember I um, I woke up. It was, our, it was our off day. So I was like, all right, I got to go lift. So I woke up and my agent called me like, 6 30 in the morning he said hey like what's going on i'm like i'm about to go lift uh at practice what's going on he said got good news the the vikings are thinking about signing you i'm like really and he's like but it's not official like it's not official they just called me and said they're interested so you know go about your day like normal i'll let you know if something changes so i i had to like go in there and, and lift knowing that hey this might be my last time in here um because I might get signed after this. I might not. And I lifted. I came back home and my agent called me and he said, yeah, um, you know, it's time. They, they want to sign you. And he said, do you want to do it? I was like, for sure. You know, let's, let's get the ball rolling. So it was it was a pretty quick process. I was in Minnesota that night. You know, I had to pack up basically everything I had into two suitcases and was on a plane to Minneapolis that night. Yeah. And you pretty much got thrown in like pretty quick, right? Yeah, <laughs> thrown into the fire. That's when we didn't have too many DBs, too many corners. Yeah, so I guess tell me about what that was like, you know, like just the the kind of chaos of just being like, here's a new playbook, you're playing Sunday, good luck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It was very chaotic. The one thing that made it uh, better was I was kind of already familiar with the system. Um, okay. We were, the, the Raiders ran a, they run a similar uh, system, not exactly, but. I was I was pretty familiar with oh, yeah, it already. Oh yeah, because Gunther. Yeah, because uh, yeah. Paul Gunther was the coach. 
And so I was already kind of familiar, but there was some things different for me. It was more so just trying to get used to the fact that now I'm actually on the active roster because for Mm -hmm. two years I'm on practice squad, you know, I'm going through my practices are different than an active roster. So it was just kind of different going through that. And it was, it was, it was a cool experience though. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. All, all parts of it. Yeah. Tell me about the difference for, you know, a layman like me, in, in case you can't tell, I never played. Uh, so the difference between scout team and active roster, what's different about practices? Um, as far as the literal practices, I mean, there's, it, it's different with every team, but from what I've noticed, the practice team, they just take a lot more reps just because, you know, you got to go against, let's say, let's say I'm the on defense practice squad. I got to take all the reps against the offense. I don't mm-hmm. get a break. Sometimes I got to go over and play scout receiver if, you know, they're down on, on the offense. So I got to be prepared to do anything special teams. You know, practices are pretty grueling uh, at the beginning of the week. And as far as being on the active, it's a little different because, you know, you're playing on Sunday, so they protect your your body a little more. You know, you get a little less reps. It's more so mental. Mm. Um, and that's pretty much the only difference as far as that. As far as, like, mentally preparing, though, it's pretty much the same. You know, when I was on practice squad, I prepared like I was going to play every week just in case I got called up. So then at least for that aspect, when I got to uh, Minnesota, I wasn't too shocked about the mental part and game planning and things like that. Got you. So like when you were in Oakland slash Vegas, like you would go up against like you just spend all day playing quarterback against like Henry Ruggs or whoever they had you practice. Right. against. Or... Right. It was uh, I went against all them guys. You know, it, it's really good work because as a practice squad guy, you're trying to get better. And there's really no way to get more better than covering, you know, the starting receivers every play of of an NFL roster. So, I mean, when I when I came to Minnesota at first. I, I, I don't know if I was like cleared to play or whatever, but I was taking some of the like the practice squad reps just, to, you know, because we didn't have that many corners. So, you know, I was going up against JJ and Thielen and all them guys like off rip. And I'm like, man, this is making me better already just from just from guarding them. Yeah. Yeah. Those the, the, you're not the first corner to say that about those guys. Uh, <laughs> so eventually everybody's football career ends. So whenever it comes, uh, what do you want to do after? that's a big question i have like (laughs) several several different plans um that i can that i'm interested in i'm not sure which one i want to go with there's a part of me that wants to stick with the organizational part of football and be some sort of coach uh i would love to be a high school coach in the future Uh, i would love to actually come back to like my hometown and be a coach for the team here um that's one aspect you know another aspect i want to kind of be like a sort of personal trainer uh, for football, like a DB coach, essentially, because I feel like I have a lot of knowledge that I could bestow upon the younger generations and, you know, help them achieve their goals and get to their dreams, just like someone helped me get with mine. Um, I went to college for as a, a political science major, so there's a part of me that's like, hey, I kind of want to get involved in politics on some level so I can help, you know, nice. change the country for the better. So, you know, I got a whole bunch of different different ideas floating. It'll probably become clear once that that time does come. But until then, you know, I'm just going to mull over these ideas and hopefully one sticks out. That is awesome. Dylan, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to tell us your story today.
Oh, no problem. Anytime. You can find Dylan Maven's social media and stuff in the show notes. Uh, I will see you all tomorrow. It's Twitter Tuesday. Get your questions in. You can email them to me at LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com or fill out the Google form in the show notes. Uh, you can also send them to me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL or you can send them to the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. Make sure you also check out the Locked On Today podcast. Everything in the wide world of sports under 20 minutes every single morning. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.